Aussies love the bush, but sometimes the bloody bush doesn't love us back. I'm John Harper, just a simple joker talking about why mental health is everybody's business and what to do if you think a mate is struggling. This season on Mate Helping Mate, we've decided to go down a slightly different path and dive into some really important themes that continue to come up when dealing with mental health issues. You'll hear from people from different walks of life with wisdom that they have learnt from their personal experience. You know, you can't hide behind trees all your life, no matter how big or tough you think you are, you've got to expose yourself sooner or later. Sometimes their problems are the same as yours and the way they're handling their problems can help you. They were really happy that I let it out completely instead of holding back all the time. This podcast is a Room 3 production and brought to us by our mates at the Murrindidgee Primary Health Network and the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature, and we recommend seeking professional health advice from your GP, doctor, or other medical professional. If you're struggling with your mental health, please visit the show notes or matehelpingmate.org.au for links to trusted service providers across the country. You can also call Lifeline on 13 11 14. They're available 24 seven. You'll be hearing the lived experiences of everyday folk in rural and remote Australia. The language can be strong at times and references of suicide may upset some people. So consider who's within earshot when listening. Good day. I'm sitting on the balcony of a cabin in Yay, Victoria, Mexico I call it. I've just listened to the last episode about acknowledging the problem. And I realise that after you acknowledge you have a problem with your mental health, you need to develop the ability and confidence to open up and discuss what is going on. So this episode is focused on means and ways of opening up to identify and address mental health issues. We've interviewed a group from Willa Warren who attended a tough workshop up there. And today we have Will, Brett, Chris and Gareth, Canadian bugger. They all have ways and means of how the workshop helped them open up. Now we're not saying that you need to definitely go to a workshop, but they are one of the ways of opening up. If you have trusted mates, you know, you go on fishing trips, there's a hundred ways of skinning a cat. Sorry to pet lovers. And it's the same with mental health. There's all different ways of opening up. And worst of luck, I'm going to have to subject you to Will. He came up with a way of getting his mates, the fellows from the Willow Warren pub, to open up. And that was putting them on the soapbox first, which they didn't realise was about getting them to talk about their feelings and stuff. So he was a sneaky bastard. Okay? As I said, there's more than one way of skinning a cat. And ultimately, it turned up great results for this crew. Why did you get involved with the soapbox jokers? Initially, like years ago when I was a kid, I was in Sydney. This is going back sort of in the early 60s and that. 
and we were in Hyde Park with my mum. I don't know whether it was Hyde Park or the domain. It was one of the big parks there. And there was a gathering of about 200 people on a Saturday. And we walked over and you could hear this one, you could see this guy with his head above the crowd and he was just talking. I have no idea what he was talking about, but he was, he was talking. And I asked mum, I said, what, what's going on? She said, oh, that's just the soapbox, right? And what it in turn was a guy standing up on a wooden soapbox just telling his stuff. I thought, what a great idea. And that stayed with me for, for years and years. Like, I'm 64 now, and I'm retired also now, but I also want to punch something back into the community. I just feel I should. So I thought, they have a pool comp every Sunday at the pub, and I thought, what a good idea if I could get guys to get up at the same time as a pool, you only need two people at a table to have a pool comp at, the, at one time. If we could get a speaking program going where people could get up on the stage and just talk about it. doesn't matter whether you're talking religion, politics, it doesn't matter whether you're growing tomatoes, it doesn't matter. Just something that means something to you that you want to share with other people. So I had the idea, we'll do it at the pub. Then I thought, this isn't going to work because people are drinking, no one will shut up, so the, the speaker will never get his story across anyway, not intact anyway, you know. And if people are a bit shy talking, they're never going to get up there because they'll get heckled from the crowd, so it's not going to work. And I thought, well, maybe... I still want to sort of charge ahead and try and get this to happen. So I thought, I'll start a little men's group, a selected group. That's right, and I started to sort of put together different names and I, I asked a few. A lot, a lot wouldn't be involved in because, you know, you have to actually get up and talk. Oh, you put a bit of pressure on yeah, them. Yeah, but I end up, got a few of them together and we, off we went and we've started this group and we run it every fortnight, you know, and it's working well. I understand the concept, but Why? Why did you do it? Why does somebody have to get up and talk about some shit? Yeah, a lot of the guys I noticed around the pub, when you sit around a pub table, everyone's got something to say, but they really don't have much to offer, you know what I mean? Someone will start a conversation and everyone wants to put their two bobs worth in, but they never really want to stand up and put their neck on the block and say, well, here, I'll put my credibility on the line and it's going to be open for everyone to have a comment about they don't do that, but I think that's a strength. If you've got the intestinal fortitude to get up and present yourself like that in front of people, you've got to be empowering yourself. And there's a lot of guys around here who are... Like, I'm focusing on the sort of mid-50s to 70-year-old guys, more so the semi-retired, retired, whether they're on benefits, it doesn't matter. But I want to try and help people come out of themselves and sort of project themselves and empower themselves a little bit more than what they, they do. They lift their own image of their, yeah, their, their self-image. Yeah, their self-esteem, yeah. Make them feel good about themselves. You got mental health qualifications? No, lucky if I can tie my shoelaces up, mate. You know, yeah. I just have a good feeling for people. I'm a good, I read people well. Um, I, I suppose one of my weaknesses is I'm a little bit judgmental at times. You know, and, and I know that and I, I, I understand that. I try not to be, but, you know, old habits do die hard. But everything's a process in life, you know, and, and you've got to pull the, the covers back to have a look at yourself as well as expecting other people to do that, do that same thing to themselves. You know, you can't hide behind trees all your life. No matter how big or tough you think you are, you've got to expose yourself sooner or later. So why did you go to a tune-up for fellas? 
knowing that it was in regards to mental well-being? I think maybe because I've never really seen anyone about my depression and I wanted to see the steps that they were using and see if it would help me. That's right. the reason why I went. So why haven't you asked anybody? Pride. Pride's a big thing. And um, from what I've gone through before, I've got myself out of it. So I think within myself I can still do it, but I'm struggling to do it. I blocked myself completely out from mates. Didn't have contact with them for probably, oh, with the first and second things that happened to me, probably two and a half, three years. I just completely blocked myself out from them and until I got to the point where it was more normal so that they could see me more normal than what I was. Sat there and sat there and thought, I've really got to let my missus know how I'm really feeling. I had a bit of a breakdown and then it just come out. It all come out and she actually, she thanked me and she said, if you see any of those guys, to thank them for what they've done and how they've helped me. They were really happy that I let it out completely instead of holding back all the time. So they didn't focus on stuff that you might have been embarrassed about that you broke down. They were more joyous, I suppose, or appreciated the fact that you'd actually move forward. Exactly, John, yep. Far out. Well, you've got to be proud of the effort, and I think to a certain extent you've got to be proud of your mates. I mean, if you can see how hard it is to get people to do what's good for them. That's men normally. Men just do not like letting their full emotions out. We're all the same, but we're different. We deal with it differently in our mind. What we show out of us to other people compared to what we're feeling. This podcast has been made possible thanks to our mates at the Murrindidgee Primary Health Network. Their Empowering Our Communities grant is the federal government's way of walking the talk, demonstrating their commitment to supporting families and communities living with the impacts of natural disasters. The program aims to support suicide prevention and encourage rural communities to seek out mental health support. This podcast is also brought to you by the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. Through resilience building activities, they support primary producers experiencing natural disasters. You can find out more about them and the great work they do on our Mate Helping Mate website. I openly admit to suffering from uh, depression and I've had that for over 20 years now. Um, And recently I've been the um, anxiety has been really, really significant uh, to the point where I've, I've come to a dead stop, you know, and I'll sit sit on my veranda and, and just look at the world and be totally frustrated because I haven't got up and done anything. And, um, and I think to that, to that extent, I, I, I really enjoyed that workshop because I'm, I've come away from it wanting to get up and get moving again, and I think that was fairly significant. It's not only the workshop that helps, it's 
the people that are there, the people you meet, and listening to other people's problems. And sometimes it's easier to tell a, a total stranger something than it is to tell someone that you run into every day. Yeah, I think that resonates with a lot of people. Did some of your mates, you think, get more out of it than what you believe you did? I actually think we all got something out of it. Some, some got more than others. But like I said, I think in time, it'll help. Like, we've all got it in our heads now. We might not be acting on it straight away, but it's in our heads and we can act on it later. Something might crop up and we can think, oh yeah, well, this is how I should react to this and that makes it easier. So there's different levels, isn't there, I suppose, of listening from people listening to you, but there's also different levels of, what, feedback and other interaction you require from the people you're dealing with. Yeah, there's that, and it's also good to listen to other people's problems. Sometimes it makes your problems seem like petty, and sometimes their problems are the same as yours and the way they're handling their problems can help you or you can help them by the way you're handling the problems. So yeah, it's good to get together with mates and talk about it because it makes you feel better and it, it sort of clears your head a bit. Talking about problems and that, it's a social gathering and I actually enjoy the after meeting event more than the actual meeting because there's a lot of banter and joking and, and poking the shit, basically, which is all good fun. Man, you people just got no idea what I have to put up with in recording this podcast. And some of that is banter and shit here. So I really appreciate that the Willow Warren Group and Gareth who have survived the trauma of bushfire can enjoy that when they get together, banter and poking shit. And amongst all of that, I'm bloody sure there's some live wisdom mixed in. Next up is my great mate again, Butch. And basically what he's trying to say is you can play the fool, you can talk shit, you can banter whatever. But in regards to mental health, ultimately you have to walk the walk. I played the fool for so many years, some, sometimes people expect it so you can put on a bit of a show, but underneath it all, the vast majority of the time I'm fair dinkum. And that's important that you're fair dinkum with your own feelings and with other people because if you're not in a good space, they need to know that. And it's okay to receive help, as, it's just as important as giving. And I, the thing I used to find overwhelming was receiving. Dad was a real giver, he was a real community man, and then sort of didn't have much as kids, but you'd be overwhelmed when you're received, and I think that's a message I learnt, was part of giving is the gift of receiving as well as part of it. And farmers and isolated people, they're givers. They're food producers. They're, they are the people that have the kettle on if you come down the driveway. They are the people, if you're broken down the middle of nowhere, they'll fix your car. 
They are the people that still stop on the highway. That's what country people do. Part of giving is actually receiving, and when you've got people that really want to help, that don't know where to start, yeah, you've got to put up with some bullheads, but you've got to sometimes say, let them in the door and say, all right, let them help you. And that, it might be overwhelming for that to happen, but it's a good thing for you, it's a good thing for them, because it might be their, their turn next time. In this episode, I hope you've learned from the Willow Warren Group and Butch that to open up, you have to give of yourself. And this leads me to one of my key beliefs in dealing with mental health and well-being. And it comes back to the saying, faith, hope and charity. And for me, faith and hope is our mental well-being. You need faith and hope to be optimistic, to think that there's a future. And obviously the opposite to that is death, nothing. And faith, hope is then linked with the physical, which is charity. And the original definition of charity is give of yourself. So the boys have shown you that often men play the fools carry around. So it's banter and shit, okay? And we probably often talk the talk. But Butch in particular reinforces the fact that ultimately, with mental health issues, we have to step up and we've got to walk the walk. So I'll leave you with that. And remember that if alone you struggle to ultimately get up, walk the walk, you have mates, you have family, you have community. And we're all in this together. We all have the right to enjoy life. And I think that's one of the greatest strengths of being Australian and having the characteristic of mates and mateship is that ultimately it comes to what the title of this podcast is, Mate Helping Mate. And that's giving of ourselves to help another through a tough time. In finishing, a reminder that this podcast features general information only, and we recommend you get independent advice from a qualified professional. Mate Helping Mate has links on the website with a number of great service providers across the country. Head to matehelpingmate.org.au. If you're struggling with your mental health and need to talk now, call Lifeline at any time on 13 11 14. This podcast was a Room 3 production and brought to you by our mates at the Murrindigi Primary Health Network and the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. Episodes of this podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts by searching for Mate Helping Mate and hitting subscribe. If you like what you've heard, make sure you leave a rating to make it easier for others to find us. Better yet, share it with your friends and family to start a conversation about mental health in the bush. A massive shout out to John Harper, who over the years has travelled this country tirelessly working to improve mental health in rural and remote Australia. And of course, his offsider Michelle for her continued support for John and his work. Original music by Southwark Sounds and stock by Soundstripe. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you've found this informative and helpful.